Welcome back for another episode of the XFL Insider Podcast. This is your host, Matthew. Man, it's been a while since we've had an episode, so it's good to break some ground here and get back to work. Got a great group of guys that I'm going to have on today to discuss their agency, the Gridiron Crew. Should be a good conversation. Join in, interact. Following this conversation, I'll stream the interview I had with Ben Fisher. Very brief interview, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but just a little bit more discussion regarding the merger and some of the news that he broke when he broke it uh, on the 30th. So without further ado, I present to you agents from the Gridiron Crew. Now, the Gridiron Crew, I've been covering some of their athletes on the show. If you've been paying attention, you know, like Torian Taylor, Oscar Scott, uh, Nathan Karsgens, all these guys came from the Gridiron Crew, and I got lucky, and, and, you know, we talked to Colin here and discussed it, and, you know, I I got some good, solid interviews from these athletes. So welcome in, guys. Thank you for attending tonight, taking the time to talk and just kind of educate everybody and what it is you do and what you offer with your service. Yeah, thanks for having, having us, Matt. Appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt. Now, like I told you guys before we started, this is the most amount of people I've had on the show yet. So this is a, a new run for me as well, but I look forward to it. And I'm sure each of you guys have good thoughts, good backgrounds, and you know can provide some great conversation. Well, we're glad we're the first people on here that um, have been this many. So definitely <laughs> thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. No problem at all. So before we get started, I mean, Colin, I'm guessing you you started this agency, correct? Um, technically, it was a sports media website before it became an agency. Um, so yeah, started it about seven years ago. Me and my friend Dylan, we were down uh, in Texas working sports broadcasting. Um, so that was our passion and dream at the time. So we started a football website, um, and it kind of took off from there. It turned into a draft interview website and now it's an agency since I found, you know, Nick Dallas and Aiden. That's awesome, man. Is this the full agency? Is this the full agents right here? Or do you guys have some more on, on the staff as well? This is the full uh, ownership group. We Understood. have some other people helping us, but um, this is the ownership group. Gotcha guys. Well, Colin, if you want to just do a quick introduction of them or guys, if you want to introduce yourself, we got Nick Dallas and Aiden. Nick, I spoke with you on Facebook, but Dallas and Aiden, I haven't had a chance to really talk with you guys much. Um, if there is anything tonight when we're talking, you want to chime in, you want to stop me, you want to ask a question, please do. Don't feel like it's super rigid. This is going to be a relaxed conversation. Like I said, just want to get to know all you guys more and, and what you offer for the athletes. Every athlete I've spoken with on my show has had nothing but good things to say about you guys. So just want you to know that. And I see the opportunities that you give these guys and from the ground up, you know, I can see it. So I don't know if anybody tells you guys this, but it's appreciated even on this level to know that someone out there cares for these guys and then get into the next step. Yeah, of course. Do you kind of want us to give us all a quick background on ourselves? And Yeah, just like your name, what you do in real life, if this is your real life job completely, or, you know, and your years of experience maybe in doing this. Gotcha. Um, I, I guess I'll start. My name's Colin Darina. Um, right now I am working in plastics engineering. Um, I went to school for sports management slash athletic administration, and I worked the longest in sports broadcasting. 
and a little change of pace working in plastics engineering. But um, that's my quick background since, you know, I've been doing this Gridiron Crew uh, sports media website. Technically still has some sports media to it um, as I as we transition. But um, that's my quick background. And thanks. Nick, go ahead. Take it from there if you don't mind, man. Yeah, suppose uh, my name's Nick Ernst. I'm the team and player liaison for uh, the Gridiron Crew. I'm the one that basically makes first contact with all the teams. And then after Colin does an interview with a lot of the prospects, I reach out to them and kind of just get a feel on what their goals are. And that's what I do for the Gridiron Crew. And I completely wish it was my full-time job. But, nope, we do this We do this kind of on the side after work, on the weekends, whenever we have free time, whenever we can get our wives or girlfriends to not kill us from doing too much football-related material. Never. Uh, I went to – in college, I worked for uh, the University of South Dakota as a statistician. I worked in the sports information direct in, uh, department. And then I've been a high school football t- uh, coach and a high school math teacher for the last 12 years, and I, I love what I do. Awesome. Aiden, Dallas, whoever wants to take it, you, you got the floor. Yeah, um, so I've been friends with Colin for about 15 years. Uh, we go way back. Um, both of us back in uh, 2009, 2010, we worked with the United Football League. Um, Colin was over there in uh, in Orlando working with the Tuskers, and I was in Omaha working with the Nighthawks. Colin's got much better stories than I do, though. Um, but we both kind of grew up, I think a lot of us grew up here, fans of non-mainstream football leagues. Um, a lot of us grew up going to those indoor football league teams, um, watching the AFL on NBC in the early 2000s, watching the early XFL. Um you know, a lot of us have, have been, you know, we, um, Nick, Colin, and myself, sorry to put you out there, Aiden. I wasn't a great athlete, Aiden, but, but the three of the four of us, we were college athletes, um, whether that was, uh, well, Colin was division one, but it was cross country. So I don't know how much, how, far, how much that, but that still counts. But, uh, <laughs> it's still <laughs> athletics. I'll give you that, Colin. But, but, you know, we've all had a passion for, for football, especially outside the NFL. And, you know, um, it was kind of really, hey, we've got a great group of friends right here. We all have a similar passion. And it's, uh, uh, it was like, how can we use those passion to, to be involved and do something that we care about? Um, like Nick, I, I've been a football coach, uh, mostly at the high school level for the last 15 seasons. I'm also a high school teacher. Um, so, you know, it comes with that, much like Nick, is, you know, we're very passion-driven. We care about young people, care about athletes, want to make sure they have the best opportunities. Awesome. Yeah, you guys definitely look like coaches. I'll say that off the bat. I can <laughs> I can tell. And not not in a bad way. I used to be a coach as well. So I, I got the vibes. Aiden, what you got, man? Let's, let's get to know you a little bit more, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Aiden Hickey, um, the newest member uh, to the Gridiron crew. It's just been a couple months now um, that I've been with the guys. Um a certified uh, attorney as well, went to law school in uh, Florida. Um, and so that's the primary job as of now. Uh, just moved back to the Tennessee area and going to be taking the Tennessee bar um, and then obviously doing all the football stuff on the side. Just become NFLPA certified agent this past summer. Um, and so my goal is to handle all the uh, NFLPA stuff along with the other guys um, for this upcoming draft class. You guys have a wide range variety of background and skills. So I'll say that. I mean, it's pretty cool just seeing how you guys click and work together. I see the stuff that you guys put out, whether it be social media or or just, you know, just getting the podcast going for your player interviews or whatever. So 
it's really good to see that you guys work the way you do with the different backgrounds. And the biggest thing is, is you're all in different locations, correct? That is correct. We're in four different locations. And uh, I think it works well because everyone's kind of has their own specialties. So it's not like we're all doing, we're all doing pretty much everything, but you know, certain people are better at certain things. So it's definitely worked out, worked out well for us. And, and we all get along. So that, yeah, that doesn't happen too often with coworkers. So when you're doing what you love, I find it's a lot easier to get along with those you're working with. You know, you're sitting there slaving over something you hate. Uh, it's a little different to make buddies, but, you know, when you guys are all, you got the same goals, the same like-mindedness when it comes to the, the athletes, you can see how those goals can come together and be something really, really good. Yeah, so I guess, uh, well, first off, one of these times you're going to have to have uh, Dallas and I back on here and we could uh, talk to you for hours and hours <laughs> and hours about our experiences at the United Football League back in the day. That's that awesome. was my first job right out of, out of college. Um, I went to Niagara University up in Niagara Falls, New York, and I moved down to Florida, not really knowing anything. And man, that was, I, I mean, it was a cool experience, but I got, I got some horror stories for sure. <laughs> I don't doubt I, it. It, it, was, it was fun. Wait, so what year was this? 2010, I graduated, um, stayed at home for the summer, then moved down there in the end of 2010. So I think that was their second seat, the third season, second or third season. Second, it would have been their second, second year. season. Yeah. Interesting backgrounds, guys, and I appreciate you taking the time to tell us because people will be wondering. And it, it it is what it is in terms of like the the, the crew you got's awesome. Like keep it keep it up, guys. Seriously, I don't know you. This is the first time I've met any of you personally and talked to you but I've dealt with your organization now, you know, scheduling these shows and such for two or three months and always great. Even your athletes are represented great. They represent themselves great. You know, you don't have to do much when you have such stellar athletes with motivations inside of football and out. So keep up the good work, fellas. Yeah. We're definitely thankful for you having them on telling their story. Um, that really helps, you know, get them out to coaches and all that kind of other stuff that um, when people watch these things. So, Appreciate you getting them on here and wanting to have them on. So, yeah, man, I like, I like giving them a platform. I like getting to know people more, figuring out, you know, if they come from the, the, the dirt and mud or if they're, you know, just normal people, either way, it's good to actually understand an individual and what makes them tick. I feel like, especially in athletics, if someone, if you can understand the personal relationship of an athlete that you're wanting, it makes coaching that player 10 times easier by far a lot of its personal dynamics player relationships and, and as coaches you guys know that as well but let's move forward and we're going to keep talking about the agency a little more i just want to know like colin i guess this may be a question for you or nick i mean just tell me more about the agency how it got started exactly i know you said you started it from the media group so we could skip that part um but what was what was the reason that you really wanted to start this and start offering the service to athletes? Yeah, I could uh, start this one and then one of the guys can take over. Um, the, the main reason we started, well, I know we got to, you said skip the media part, but I got to. Yeah, go, you're fine, uh, man. Go ahead. I'm going to tell that quick story to get to, to where we are. So um, growing up in Youngstown, Ohio, I, I went, 
I don't have a FBS team. My my grand my, my grandpa and my uncle are in the Hall of Fame for YSU football. Uh, Mount Union is right down the road, so I grew up watching them. And my dad played football at Fair State, so I am a huge small school guy. And then running cross country at Niagara University, we're a mid major, so I'm always rooting for the underdog. So when we started this website, um, the the media part, we started talking to all these small school kids to put them to give them the platform to move on to the next level. Um, so a few years ago, you know, it, it, it's tiresome doing those those interviews and, and we kind of wanted to get more out of this um, and to help people more directly rather than having, you know, just hoping that an interview someone will see on, on you know, the internet. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, I, Oscar Scott, who you talked with, he put, he put trust in me a few years back to help him find a job. And that kind of escalated to us communicating with uh, Nick and Dallas, getting them on board that they, they had the same, you know, passions to, to help these kids out. Um, and then Dallas living in, I'm sure he'll tell you later, but him living in Canada, um, he has a huge, fandom of the CFL. So he ended up getting his uh, CFL certification. And then we wanted to move to the next level. And we kind of put feelers out there. And um, we started talking with Aiden. And we had great conversations. So we decided to all partner together. And uh, that's where we are today. And I'll let someone else talk to you more about the actual agency side of things. But that's a quick background of how we got here. Understood. <clears throat> Who's got it? <laughs> Who wants it? <laughs> I'll go ahead and take the first stab, I guess. Sounds good. So, so typically the way this works, Colin, Colin reaches out to about 500, 600, 700 seniors. Every single year he sends out interviews. He promotes them. He does what he needs to do. And then I, I reach out to a select few of them just to see. I, I'm a, I particular, I kind of go after the offensive lineman, the defensive lineman. Every single day I wake up, I have four or five text messages from coaches all across the country looking for offensive linemen, looking for defensive linemen. I mean, six, five, six, six, 300-pound men don't grow on trees. So they're just, they're just the easiest kind of guys to find jobs for. So that's kind of like where I put my focus. And I, I typically I'll reach out to some of these guys that Colin interviews, see where their goals are, and then I kind of pass them on to Dallas and I pass them on to Aiden. We kind of do a nice little interview process in that way. And we like we want to make sure these guys, their goals line up to us. Like Colin said, we root for the underdog. We want the grinders. We are all, we are all grinders. None of us do this full-time. We're all part-time guys. So we want those grinders. Those guys that are 100% NFL bust. We'll work for them. We'll do everything we can possibly for them. But we want to know that at the end of the day, they love football just like we do. They're high-character kids, as you see when you bring them on your show. That's just the kind of kids we want. So – that's typically the kind of the process that we go to. And I mean, I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Dallas and he'll tell you a little bit more about it. Yeah. You know um, we all had kind of different dreams. I mean, initially when we came together, um, so I kind of mentioned, I've known Colin for over a decade now, um, you know, Nick, Nick became a friend of mine uh, a couple of years back or a year and a half ago. Um, you know, a coach in high school football is a great resource for me to learn more about being a better defensive coach. Um, and I think, you know, as we wanted to help, calling out it was kind of like well what can we do with this what can what can this gravitate towards and i think one of the things we really wanted to explore in order to help players is we wanted to be a scouting agency i think that was kind of initially our goal 
Um, and we realized just, I guess, the best way to advocate for kids. There were so many young men who wanted to play and they just had no direction at all. Um, you know, the best way to go about it was was to adopt the title of an agency. Um, and so like Nick had mentioned, you know, uh, it's really grown into something. I remember we were sitting here a few months back, just six months ago, and we had some pretty modest goals. It was how are we going to get guys into the IFL? Um, you know, the IFL coaches don't even want to play, uh, don't even want to talk to us. And now we're signing dozens of guys into that league. And now we have an NFL partner. Um, so it's been a pretty cool journey. It's uh, We're growing with our networks uh, internationally in European leagues and in Mexico, getting a lot of players signed contracts down there. Um, and, you know, as, as, as fun as it is trying to see this, you know, your, your own business uh, grow, um, I think we've all just really enjoyed it. And we're so looking forward to the, to the non-mainstream football season. We're so looking forward to seeing these guys get back on the field and get an opportunity to shine and show what they can do. We're just really excited for them. That's, it's awesome that you guys feel that way. And even like you said, with the characteristics of your athletes, from the, all the guys I've interviewed, I can definitely tell that you have done that vetting. You have done your, your job there and making sure that they're solid men solid athletes and just have good character so bravo because it, it sounds easier said than done i know so it, it is a little difficult so in terms of the whole picture you guys just represent football with i guess with exception to nathan because he went to slam ball yeah we just do football okay just wanted to make sure before i kept talking so how many athletes do you say are under your, your wing right now that you represent? We're in the fifties. I, I should give, we should have an exact number, but I think we got to go. See, you've been adding more every day though. So I see that, you know, it's, it's evident. And I got the website pulled up right here. Yeah, we are. Um, the website you know, is being remodeled. So, um, okay. If, if you don't, if something's not a, like if you keep scrolling down, that's the old website and gotcha. we're currently converting it. So just so everyone knows. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I mean, is the athletic list correct? Yeah. The list on there is correct. It's just, I got to convert all those players to the, to the new player cards up top. Understood. Yeah. I've been working on a website myself and it's not the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. It takes a lot of time. No doubt. <laughs> so th here's here's the basic list of all your guys. You have a vast, vast different amount of men and skill here, I can see. Um, yeah, we got big schools, small schools, you know, guys who have had their shot at the NFL. I mean, there's there's guys, we got guys in the Canadian Football League on there, indoor football league down in Mexico, got Dylan – uh, I think you scroll past him. He just got done playing in in Romania. Um, if you go up, uh, he just got back from there. We got a couple guys down in Mexico right now um, doing an OTA session with them. They flew him down there for for two weeks to do OTAs, and training camp doesn't start till February. So that's like they're they're trying to be like you know the NFL of Mexico doing that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Is that the AIF? Is that correct? That's the LFA. LFA, sorry. I, I thought the AIF was doing – I thought the LFA was transitioning into the AIF, but it, there's so many, man, it's hard for me to keep up. I'm sure you guys know all of them, though, <laughs> by heart at this point. I mean, there's there's seriously pro football leagues 
uh, I want to say pro because with the quotes, because, you know, anything that you get a contract for, even if it's $200, is still considered professional football. Um, there's leagues in almost every single country that you can think of. That's a lot. Most people do not know that. Most yeah, you can go no pretty idea. much anywhere in Europe. There's technically two leagues that'll be in Mexico, Canada, obviously. There's ton. There's what four indoor leagues now in in the states, um, plus the XFL slash USFL, whatever that's going to be. Um, the Canadian Football League. There's the ELF in Europe, and then there's leagues in every single country you can think of over there: Italy, Austria, Germany, uh, Finland, Sweden, Switzerland. Um, Spain, Portugal, Romania. I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's kind of a it's kind of a neat thing for you know these kids just need awareness of what's out there for them. Because, um, like you said, I mean, I could go tell someone down the street that we just had a guy playing Romania, and they're like, "Wait, what? What? What was he playing football?" I said he's playing football, like soccer. No, like American football. No, get out of here. No, he's not. I mean, so it, it's, it is really cool how many how many opportunities and leagues there are for these players out there. So, I'm going to ask you that question when we go forward a little bit. I'm just curious about how many probably that you could name offhand, and you kind of just did it, so it's all good. But I'll try to I'll try to best myself. <laughs> Sounds good. It, in terms of notable athletes, do you guys have anybody you're really paying attention to this next year? Anybody that's really going to shine? Well, I hope all of our guys do. I like that answer. That's a good answer. Um, yeah, I don't want to say specifically anyone with that with leaving people out. But, um, I'm sure. I'll, uh, I'll let these guys talk about that, this aspect of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this one first. So uh, I guess I'm kind of the, the main lead guy in the IFL with the IFL starting here at the end of February. Uh, I, I love the work we did on the offense and defensive line this first year. Um, I think we got eight guys, nine guys going in the IFL this year that I think all nine of them could make the leap to the XFL, the UFL, the USFL, whatever we want to call it. Um, I do want to go ahead and mention some of their names because I wrote them down. But I mean, we got Dante Keys from Colorado State. We got Henry Mitchell, Desmond Thomas. Got Dante Bivens from Tulsa. Tariq Bateman, he's an interesting guy. He was with the Edmonton Eskimos. He came and joined us. He went right down for the Barnstormers last year. Joined them. Three days later, he was the starting offensive uh, guard tackle for the Barnstormers and started the last 10 games for him. I love his upside. I think he has great upside. I think he can definitely jump in, jump up to the XFL level. We got Marshall Poppenhusen, Shiren Rogers. Got a couple stud defensive linemen. I mean, I absolutely love the work we've done with, in the trenches this first year. Those, are the, those guys, man, those guys are hard to find, and I thought we did a hell of a job finding those guys. And then not to mention – We've, we've probably signed 10 defensive backs, a running back, a couple quarterbacks. I mean, I think we've done a great job at moving ourselves into the IFL, and I think the IFL teams now all come looking for us. And I think I think when we started this thing, like Shalas uh, said earlier, we couldn't get the IFL to talk to us. <laughs> like, I was, we were, we were text messaging them, emailing them. We just couldn't get them to touch, talk to us. And now all of a sudden – I think they found out how loyal we are, how loyal we are, how big a grinders we are, how much we, how hard we work, and now all of a sudden they're they're finding us, and that just kind of makes the job pretty fun. I would probably say three or four nights a week, I probably talk to three or four different IFL coaches on the phone, 
And sometimes it's about clients. Sometimes it's just about football. And then sometimes it's about life. And I mean, I absolutely love that. And it's, honestly, that's probably my favorite part of my job. But those are the go- those are the guys in the IFL that I'm particularly looking forward to towards. But I mean, if anyone else wants to go ahead and add anyone else, I'll go ahead and let them talk next. Uh, I'm excited to see Toro Taylor. I think the world of him, you know, um, the guy had, I think in his, if you look at his last year in college, I think he only had two games where he had over 17 carries or something like that. I can't remember the number, but he only had two games where he had a, where he had a good, a good number of carries. And in both those games, he went over 200 yards. Um, so I think Toro is a really underrated guy. I'm excited to get him on the field uh, and, and see what he can do. He's going to have a great coach out there in Vegas and Mike for Davis. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I'm personally biased towards some guys. Uh, I'm a Husker fan. We got pretty much the line, the linebacker core for the for the Nebraska football team in 2002. Um, but Chris Korlarevic, great guy up with the Hamilton Ticats. Iteva Maga Clemens also going to be down in Vegas, one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite human beings in our group. Um, and we have a defensive lineman. And I don't know if you guys can help me with the pronouncing his last name. Just the nicest guy in the world out of, out of uh, Northwest Missouri State, but he kinda, uh just a great guy. He's gonna he's gonna dominate in the IFL. Just a great young man. Um, so I'm just excited. You know, when when you get to know these guys and know their story and just know their passion, I think it's it's so hard. I, I could go through the whole list of guys that we have and just and just I could talk about all of them for for a good chunk of time and just how excited we are for them. I understand that. Uh- you have to be excited when you're investing your life into this guys. I don't see any other way around it. And even me, I'm sitting here just watching them get signed or picked up or they go from being nothing to having something. And it's exciting even for me sitting here on the way, way outside of it. So it's a good opportunity you provide. And hopefully I'll get to talk to some more of those star athletes that you guys told me. I know I talked to Toro on the last interview I had with one of your, your crew, and that was a great interview. Uh, I hope to see him in action. I planned on going to Vegas March 30th, nice. but XFL is kicking up March 30th, so we'll, we'll see how things shift out. So you, you got a lot of athletes, and I heard you say you had a lot of offensive linemen as well. That's going to be huge in these leagues because that's the hardest thing for guys to find or people to find teams. You can't find a productive offensive lineman that can run more than one spot. If they have the two positions locked in, they should have a spot on any team, you know, or three positions, whatever. They can play center, guard, tackle, center, guard, tackle, whatever. I feel like that's crucial in those leagues. And props up, guys, for real. I'm, I'm excited for this next year, and the people that you have showing out, I cannot wait for them to show out and just be able to hype them up. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, um, um, uh, we're really excited right now for this. Uh, I mean, Aiden will tell you later, but this NFL draft class, um, that'll be our first one. But, man, we seriously are really excited for the indoor league in, in Mexico and, and these leagues that are going to be kicking off. So um, we're going to be watching a lot of football this upcoming spring. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then hopefully, hopefully the guys perform and we get some guys at the XFL slash USFL or UFL or whatever you want to call it because we don't know. We don't know what it is yet. So um, that's obviously a goal, too. Yeah, that'll be full circle. I, I pray that that happens as well because just being able to talk to these guys and, and hear their stories while they're doing their jobs is, is a whole nother adventure in itself. Like, truly. Yeah. So in terms of like 
representing the guys or, or the athletes, what's some goals that you guys have to to represent them adequately? Like, what 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 do you value in your representation in your agency? What what's something that stands out? Let the let the certified agents take this one. <laughs> I can uh, take first whack at this one. Um, you know, one oh, thing sorry. that I think is. Oh no, you're all good. Um, one thing that I think is big for us as an agency, um, you know, with us four guys is just that one-on-one -on -one attention, um, being able to make sure that these guys are getting, uh, the opportunities that they deserve. Uh, we're really going to focus on communication, uh, being able to be a trustworthy agency, um, you know, and just being there for those guys, um, you know, when maybe the opportunity isn't there uh, being for them then. And then when the opportunity is there, helping, helping them capitalize on it. And so those three things I think are huge um, when talking to players, you know, communication, trust. And so I know that's some of the things that we're definitely focused on, um, you know, for all of our guys currently, and then all guys in the future as well. Understood. That is a, a fantastic answer. You can definitely tell that you're the attorney here. <laughs> not in a bad way, though. Not in a yeah, bad no, way. Not at Very all. well spoken. <laughs> Got to have a little bit of laugh, guys. So, I mean, does anybody else want to crack at this? Anybody else want to take a take a shot at the, the question? Yeah, you know, I would say I think when people think of it. agents – I think I think when people think of agents, I think they're always thinking of contract negotiations and, and trying to get the most money. And that's definitely something that we want to do. We want to make sure these guys have the best opportunities. But a lot of that, a lot of it's just education. Um, you know, it's not necessarily negotiating a contract, which we certainly do. But I mean, a lot of it comes with the experience of knowing how much you can negotiate for, what kind of incentives you can get. Um, sometimes, you know, with the IFL, it's as simple as like, well, what's the what are the living expenses in this market versus this one? What are some opportunities to get work outside of playing? What are some other incentives or bonuses that you can earn? Um, you know, uh, if you're signed to this contract, what can that lead to? Um, so really, a lot of it's just navigating guys and educating guys, um, getting them into a network. Um, letting them know, you know, unfortunately, which tryouts are legitimate, which ones you should avoid and save your money. Um, so a lot of it's just trying to protect guys, make sure they have the best opportunities um, and, and that they're not being taken advantage of. That's probably really big in the smaller leagues because you hear some horror stories about, you know, tryouts and, and leagues folding after taking cash and then doing these different things. So Coming in as a new guy, I'm sure having someone to have your back is crucial, especially when you don't understand what's going on with each league in terms of money, contracts, playing time, whatever. It, it, it really that's needed to be an athlete. And so I, especially today, I mean, I see, the, like I said, a hundred times, I've seen what you guys provide to the athletes and I could tell it's not just a, Hey, we're representing you. Here's a contract. Go on. I can definitely tell it's a, a, a mentorship almost more than just a, a representation of, of, a, of a contract or a skill. Yeah. Relationships are huge in our business. Um, if you're not able to form those, then you might as well not do it. You know, you gotta be able to continue <laughs> that relationship, uh, throughout, you know, the contract, before the contract and then even after the contract, you know, um, this word of mouth goes a long way. No doubt. No doubt. 
So this time next year, I mean, you guys are hoping for some big things, right? I mean, this thing should keep expanding. We sure hope so. I mean, this, this, you know, we're really focusing right now on this upcoming uh, draft class because um, obviously the, you know, Mexico leagues and uh, indoor <clears throat> leagues are, are pretty much full now. Um, so we're kind of putting our recruiting efforts towards the NFL uh, draft class, which would be our first, our first one. So we're, uh, we're really excited. And obviously Aiden's probably the most excited out of all of us, but um, so it's uh it's been, it's, we put in a lot of work so far these last couple of months trying to, trying to figure things out and, and see our ultimate goal and who, who we want to go after. And um, the talks that, you know, Dallas and uh, Aiden have been putting in with these, you know, potential prospects. So it's a, it's an exciting time for us and hopefully the players too. I look forward to the NFL stuff and I know we're not going to hit on that much, but I'll be watching for that guys and see what, what comes out of that. Cause that, that that's, that's going to be a, a true, a true test of what's going on. And I feel like it, yeah. it'll be good. I mean, it'd be good learning experience. It'll be good for the guys. It'll be good for everybody all the way around. So look forward to that. Speaking of the NFL, and this is like I said earlier, what opportunities are available outside of the NFL? I don't think people truly understand. And we did talk about it some already, but how many different leagues can we, can we, come up with besides the NFL? Because honestly, when I started this, I did not know there was this many either. And in, until I got Oscar Scott on, I really started looking more and more after speaking with him because he told me about his Mexico experience. Yeah, he and, played uh, Mexico and uh, um, Poland. But yep. unfortunately, the Poland uh, season got canceled because of COVID. But um, um, I mean, outside, so you know, the, the major leagues outside, obviously everyone knows about the XFL, USFL, the Canadian football league, which uh, Dallas is our CFL PA advisor. Um, then there's a really good league down in Mexico, the LFA. There's a new Mexican league starting. That's half in the States, half in the um, half in Mexico. There's the ELF in Europe, which, uh, you know, is decent pay. There's really good, there's really good salaries out in uh, Japan. The X League is a it's it's a hard league to get into. Um, they only, I mean all these leagues are hard to get into because there's only a certain amount of Americans that can go over there. Um, but then you just look at Europe alone, and in every almost every country has a professional league over there. Italy, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, Portugal, Spain, um, Finland has one. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I could probably name more, but those are <laughs> the main leagues. Everyone, everyone pays. Um, the if you go to Europe or Mexico, they pay for your your housing, your meals. Uh, they take care of your flights over there. Everyone's got insurance. I mean, not everyone wants to go over there, but it's a free vacation to play the game you love. So you get to travel all around. Um, see the country, see the sights and sounds. When are you going to ever have the opportunity to do that again? I don't know. Maybe never. So. True, true. Yeah, most people have to take off work for that. If you can go work and do the the, the, the thing at the same time, that's awesome. I'd take it yeah. as well. Yeah, then there's a bunch of indoor leagues here in the States. Um, we got guys in the Indoor Football League, the, the NAL, 
Um, the AFL is uh, supposed to be kicking off this, uh, this May. Um, there's a, a new league, but it's not, I mean, technically it's new, but it used to be a league, the AIF. Um, we got some guys going down to Corpus Christi to play. Um, and what's cool about the indoor leagues, mo most, of the, most of the teams allow you to uh, or help you get part-time jobs. So, yeah, I mean, the pay for the actual league is lower, but you can get a job and, and you know, make, you know, your full-time money. Um, and they obviously provide housing, food, um, the travel to and from the games, um, stuff like that. So it, there, there's a lot of opportunities out there. I'll just put it that way. Not everyone wants to take them. Some people, you know, are, you know, NFL or, or bust kind of people for, you know, obvious reasons. Some people want to go get a job and stuff like that. Other people want to keep playing the game they love. So everyone's different, but there's a lot of opportunities out there. Understood. Now, in terms of most of these leagues, like an IFL, an in, in example, would you say most of these athletes are having to have a second job or, or can they survive off of that income alone? They, they can um, because housing's provided, meals are provided, gym memberships are provided. Um, and, you know, it's so interesting talking with all the IFL coaches, um, you know, so many of them, um, I'm really impressed with the quality of coaches in the IFL. And not just from their resume, but just how much they truly care about players as well and want to propel them to the next level. But it is interesting talking to them. So many of them have plans in place to provide them with job opportunities, where it's an official job fair, working with sponsors, um, things of that nature to, to help out the players find some side income. But also the reality is, having talked to most teams and players, is they just want to focus on football. So, you know, you have to, it's, it's professional football. It's, it's five, six days a week. So they're working on that, you know, whether that's 20 hours a week, they're, they're doing that. Um, and you know what, they want to go home and rest and they maybe want to study playbook and watch film and, and work out and, and do those things. So a lot of players choose to just fully solely focus on football um, because that, you know, all the necessities for the most part are provided. Understood. Understood. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is it, a lot of these guys are, are doing it for the love and trying to make a future out of it. Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people are trying to get to the next level. So, I mean, I don't want to rank all the leagues, but, um, you know, the people who are going to the IFL or down in Mexico, um, they're, they're getting scouted to, to play in Canada and to play in the XFL slash USFL. Um, there's been plenty of guys who have, been studs in those leagues who got signed. Um, so definitely, if if you wanna if you wanna move up the ladder and you just haven't had the opportunity to to get to that level, you need film. You need pro film. Um, so you got you have to go play if you want to move to those you know, higher leagues. Understood. Uh, before I move on, anything else from anybody? I didn't want to skip anybody or leave them out. I'll go ahead and add one little thing there. I have a list. I have a list here written down that we have we've negotiated contracts with fifteen different leagues outside of the NFL. <laughs> That's impressive. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not saying we've sent guys to all fifteen leagues, but we have talked to fifteen leagues outside of the NFL with contracts. And I think we just added Finland, and I think was that Finland what we just added this week? Yeah. So it's. Three years ago, I mean, I could have told you about the NFL, the XFL, the CFL, and then, I mean, the Indoor Football League. 
and I, I think I, that's all I would have known about. And now, now, nowadays, I'm having coaches from Japan text me. <laughs> we we just sent a great quarterback out to out to Europe to go play with the Milano Seamen. Okay, so they're playing in the ELF. They're playing. They're making good money over there. It's just there's good quality football all over the place, and they, these guys just have to get filmed. We had two guys in the IFL, not our guys, but two guys from the IFL got signed to the CFL today. I mean, there's opportunities there. So, well, football's football's to be played all across the world. Oh yes, yes, agreed. And hey, I'm looking for your guys to be signed. I, I, when I get on Twitter, I'm like, okay, what's happening now? <laughs> Because I had a couple athletes I interviewed that did get signed uh, to the CFL. So, congrats to them. Um, but, you know, I feel like there's going to be a lot more of this occurring as we go, no doubt. <clears throat> so, moving on, what is the best way for an athlete? Let me correct this real quick. For an athlete to pursue representation or advancement in their career, whether it's through you guys, through a different agency, what, how, if, if I was a guy at home right now, I played college ball and I'm looking for an opportunity, what do I need to do to find that opportunity? I'll let these guys take this one, but I do have a quick thing that um, a lot of people do ask, um, Hey, how do I find an agent that just two quick resources? There's an NFLPA website and there's a CFLPA website, the Players Association websites that you can search for agents. It lists every single certified agent on there. So if there's not, if you don't find people on there, they're not certified. They cannot get you to those leagues. Um, so that I always send that to, to guys who, who are asking because, I mean, that's the one in major re resource. They can go on there and find every single agent and shoot them an email or, you know, stuff like that. So. Um, I'll let these guys take that, but those are two really good resources for players. So before we move on, I want to ask quickly. So in order for you to work with the NFL and to, to get players to the NFL or work out exchanges and deals, you have to be certified agent, correct? That's correct. Then that, Aiden, that's you? That's me. Okay. That's, I just wanted to note that. So is that, is that relevant for, let's say the CFL also? Those are the two football leagues that have a players union. Um, so because they are the only, the players association does require that a contract advisor be certified. Understood. That's good. The, the, the legitimacy is needed. And could you imagine the, the dodos that would be running around calling themselves <laughs> agents if it wasn't for that? There, there was a time that that happened. And that's, oh, why, that's why they moved to that. Yeah. <laughs> is it pretty difficult to get that certification? For NFL? Um, for me, I had to attend uh, a weekend seminar, essentially, and then we had to go to a testing center, um, take, I think it was maybe a 60, 75 question test, um, and then you pass the test, um, and then, you know, you're you're good to go. Um, but I will say there's some different, like, fees and stuff that are associated with it. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's, like, the easiest thing in the world to do, um, but, you know, person who's driven wants to do it definitely it's feasible understood understood just want this was curious man I, i've never really yeah. pursued or, or checked into that and so that's why it's kind of new to me as well i didn't know that i didn't know there mm -hmm. had to, you had to have the certification so you guys are going to be doing some big stuff here soon i'm telling you from talking to you because even when i first hooked up with you guys months ago i did not see you in the positions you guys were in now i, I just I, I knew that you were an agency 
and I knew you were up and coming. And I thought you mainly worked with IFL athletes. But as it's gone and as it's developed and, and turned into something completely different or, or better, I mean, it, it's awesome, guys. I'm excited for you. Yeah, we've definitely uh, progressed over the last uh, year or so. Um, you know, we moved to the Canadian League and then and now with Aiden, um, we have a shot at the at the end of, to getting guys to the NFL. So been a lot of hard work, a lot of spare hours. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Let's, let's um, answer this question real quick, and then we'll get back to the same topic. Were there any prerequisites before you can attempt to be certified? Did you have to have some kind of background education or anything? Yeah, you did. Um, so because I went to law school, I was good to go. Um, I think other master's programs do qualify as well. Um, either that, either the schooling part, or you had to have a certain amount of years in like business, uh, negotiation, uh, like different things like that. Um, so yeah, there was prerequisites. It couldn't just be, um, anybody, um, it, you had to be in grad school, some type of grad school or, um, and, and then graduated and then, or you've been in business long enough and you'd been experienced in negotiation, things like that. Understood. Appreciate that insight, guys. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But let's get back to the topic. I mean, what, what's the best way for an athlete to pursue the representation? Colin, I know you said check out the certified agents on the CFL and NFL websites. That's where you're going to find a good resource of legitimate men or, or people that are do this job. But, um, but guys, just take it from there. I'll go ahead and take it first. Okay. So I was going to say the first thing I would say is when you reach out to an agent, perhaps it's us, perhaps it's someone else. Use complete sentences. Be polite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude, but guys, this I mean, this is a business. Take it seriously. I'm not a big fan of opening up my Instagram messages and all I have is yo, Nick. <laughs> like, I mean, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be difficult for me to see what you need, what you want. Like, let's get to work. Like, I mean, have your film ready to go, have your staff ready to go, have any accolades ready to go. I mean, this is a job interview. You're looking if you're looking to pursue us or we're looking to pursue you. We want to be professional. We want you guys to be professional. So, I mean, go ahead and go ahead and do that. Um, I want to touch on that last question a little bit, too, as well. Um, we talked about certification for the NFL. CFL has a little bit of a certification. That's why Dallas will bring that up as well. And then I handle a lot of the IFL and then the XFL, the USFL. All XFL and USFL athletes make the same money. So there is no contract negotiations. Therefore, that's why there's no agent necessar necessary for those leagues. Um, so we are essentially contract advisors for those. We'll go ahead and we, we talk to the XFL, the USFL, at least once a month. A lot of times we'll talk every, every couple of weeks just to see what they need, what they're pursuing. Since the merger started, we've been talking to them a lot less. But uh, the IFL is the same thing where there's no contract negotiations. It's, it's the same pay. Now you can go ahead and negotiate other things, part-time work and so much. And some teams offer a little bit different. But for the most part, there's not a lot of negotiating. It's, it's more about looking to see what they can do for you outside of the paycheck. So that, therefore, that's kind of the realm where I'm at since I'm not a CFL or NFL certified agent. I handle those leagues where I don't necessarily have to be. I'm just a contract advisor. But to get back to those agency situations, I've had, play, I've had players reach out to me, and I've told them before that we aren't the best agency for you. 
I think you should, I think you should reach out to this agency. I think you should reach out to this agency. There's some agencies out there that have a little bit more experience than us. So if their goals don't line up to what we want or they don't line up with our goals or where we see them or maybe our capabilities at this time, I go ahead and push them forward to someone else. So I think they uh I don't I think Dallas can go ahead and handle it from here, but I think the first thing they need, they need to do is just be professional. You be professional, we'll be professional, we'll treat you the right way. So that's all I got to say. Appreciate that. Yeah, my advice to any athlete would be just to find representatives who believe in you and who have a plan for you. Um, you know, um, just the reality of it, it, it's like anything in business. There's good car salesmen and there's bad car salesmen. Um, you know, like any industry with business or sales, um, you know, there's a lot of great agents out there that care about people. And there's and there's some agents that what they do is they just shotgun blast and um, they just try to sign as many young men as possible. And when that NFL payday, if that NFL payday doesn't emerge, which it won't for a majority of kids, unfortunately, young men, when that NFL payday doesn't emerge, they're just kind of left. They're ghosted or they're left wondering, where do I go from here? I'm not I don't know what the next direction is. Where, what's a try? What, what are some tryouts I can go to? What are some leagues? What do these leagues pay? Um, so, you know, every young, every young athlete, every young man, none of them are saying, you know, everybody has their eyes on the NFL. It doesn't matter what level they're playing, what division they're playing. They have goals. Their goals is to play in the NFL. Very few, very, very few young men don't believe that they're going to get an NFL opportunity or that they would be out of line to play in the NFL. But you need to find somebody that believes in you and has a backup plan, has a plan for you. All right. Um, that would be my best advice to, to any young man. Understood. All great and insightful advice, guys. And you, the stuff we're talking about right now is relevant. And I've talked and have conversations with athletes all the time that are looking for help. And I'm like, look, man, I'm, I'm a media guy. I'm podcasting. I'm not an agent. So all these answers are great, and I know in the future uh, I'll just I'll just send them your way <laughs> if you haven't already spoke with them. So I mean, let's move on. I got one more question for you guys, and it's it's pretty pretty bare bones and straightforward. And I just want to know what sets your agency apart from others. What makes you great? I'm happy to answer this one first because I feel pretty strongly about it. And it's, it's something I talk with players quite a bit about um, what sets us apart. And it's going to sound cliche is that we care. We've grown up loving these non NFL leagues. Um, we respect them. We know what it takes to play in those leagues. We know how hard it is. Um, and we know the value in those experiences. Um, so while we have all the means necessary and, and we have all the resources and we're building, um, you know, we want to be pushing everybody to pursue their NFL dream. Um, our investment in a young man goes beyond an NFL payday. Um, sometimes that means, you know, uh, we're going to have young people who are like Colin had mentioned earlier. They're going to go to Europe and they're going to make a few bucks in their pocket. But really, they're playing for a vacation and they're playing for an experience um, and they're keeping their dream alive. And, and we believe in that. Um, it's something that we care about. We care about helping teams out. We care about helping, you know, um, uh, you know, some of the new emerging leagues or new emerging teams. We want to help them find good players and good fits. Um, we want to see quality football. It's something that we are, um, while we are a business and we're, we're trying to make a profit and we're trying to make money, um, you know, we care about the institution of football 
uh, and we care about young people. So it's cliche, but that's that's truly what we believe in. It's a good answer, and that's what most guys want. We don't they don't want you to babysit them, but they definitely want you to you know have some love and represent them and their character and and everything else. So great answer. Can I add to that? Oh, you can add whatever you want, sir. Take it from here. I think one of the things that separate us the most is when you join with us, we we all are 25% partners along the way. So all four of us are working for every single athlete that joins for us. We're not competing agents. Hey, I'm not trying to get a kid into my league or in one of my teams because I would make a profit. We all work together. We want these kids to have the best opportunity to go ahead and play football, make as much money as they possibly can. So, like, when they join with us, they get all four of us working together. When We have a messaging service, service here for the Green Iron Crew. So, like, when, some, when one of them have a question, they send us a question, any four of us can answer a question. That's so awesome. All, so, at all times. So, it's not like they're sitting there having to wait on one Asian to get back to them. That may take a couple of days, maybe take a week. Like, all of us can go ahead and give them advice. And, I mean, it's great. We got a couple other guys that work alongside of us, and those guys are willing to go ahead and, and – do some scouting for us. They're able to look for jobs. I mean, they do a great job. We have a bunch of guys that go ahead and work together, and that's because we love football. That's all it comes down to. We love football. We didn't get into this to make a bunch of money. We got into this because we love football. So I think that's what separates us. For the love of football, baby. That's what it's about for many of us in this realm. I mean, that's what I do it for as well, guys. So I don't actually make any cash off this yet. This is just all a hobby. So it, it – it's, Someday it will come. Oh, no doubt. And I value, you know, people like you guys who you're doing this from the ground up and you're doing it the right way. You're not coming in here cutting throats and trying to stomp over people's grounds or, you know, take each other's guys, whatever. It, it, it's, it's awesome and it's wholesome to see something that comes to fruition like this from the alternative football leagues, especially. If it wasn't for the alternative football, I mean, it, you wouldn't be as busy. You'd still be busy, but you wouldn't be as busy for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that's about it for me. I mean, if do you have anything you want to share or discuss before we hop off, uh, I'll give you a chance, you know, to talk about your socials or anything that you find important. Please take the floor. It, it is yours. The only thing I want to say is I want these guys, anybody who's tuning in, I want you guys to go support these leagues. Go support these players. I mean, if you want these guys, if we want young guys to get these opportunities. We have to go support this, support these leagues. I mean, we went to some IFL games. I went to the Sioux Falls Storm last year, Iowa Barnstormers. Dallas and I went to an Omaha Beef game. I mean, that was a great experience. I haven't been to an Omaha Beef game ever in my life. And, I mean, that was actually the first time I got to meet Dallas in person. I mean, we had a great time. And it's like you go out there and you – we got to watch Tommy Armstrong, the old Nebraska Cornhusker quarterback. I mean, it's it's just fun. It's these guys that are playing football because they love football, and then a bunch of guys in the stands are watching football because they love football. And it's in the spring. I mean, I'm an all-year-round football kind of guy. <laughs> I coach semi-pro in the summer. I work do the agency, a lot of that stuff in the spring. I coach high school football in the fall. And there's not – I don't think there's too many days of the year that's not filled with at least some kind of football. So – I love it. Go support these leagues. Go support our guys. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, to answer, uh, Jay just asked a question. Yep, <clears> yep. How many guys you represent in the XFL? 
Um, right now, zero in the XFL and USFL. Um, all the coaches are telling us to wait until the merger happens. Um, they might cut half the half the teams, as if uh, you guys might know, which is uh, <laughs> I hope they don't. I hope those rumors are a little wrong uh, for everyone's sake, player's sake, fan's sake, our sake. Um, we do have one guy in the CFL, and this will be our first NFL draft class. So we haven't been around for, you know, 10 years doing this. Um, uh, I would say we're kind of new. Um, so that's my answer to that question. Good answer. That's solid. Yeah, I was going to hit it once he got done. And I'll tell you what, I got one more question for you guys. We're talking about the merger. I'm not – guys, if you're listening right now, we are not having a merger discussion <laughs> just, just, a, just a disclaimer. I'm not doing it tonight. Tomorrow is merger discussion night. Come and listen. But anyway, I just want to know what you guys think about all this. And this is going to affect you, your players, and such. So I'm curious. I mean, what's a what's a general idea or thoughts about the merger and how it's going to affect you? I'm probably the biggest XFL, XFL fan in the group. <laughs> and I'm not a fan of this at all. I mean – you're about to put 400 guys on the street. Um, those 400 guys, all of a sudden, they're going to have to go find jobs in the, either the new IFA league, the possibly LFA, EL, ALF. They're going to move down to IFL. And then, quite frankly, a lot of guys are just going to retire. Yep. So, I mean, we're going to be losing a lot of talent. And I 100% understand the purpose of why they would be possibly dropping down to 12, 10, 8 teams. But quite frankly, from our perspective, as a fan, as an agent, it sucks. I mean, it does. It sucks. Yeah, that's the, the only and biggest negative about all of it is the cuts, whether it's the team, the players, coaches, staffing, and that it's all that's all the negative. Uh, I, honestly, that is the only negative in my opinion. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Any other opinions about this matter? Yeah, my opinion, I mean, I've been there as we talked before. Um, I used to work for the United Football League. Um, I found out that I no longer had a job because the team folded in the newspaper. Um, wow. a long time ago, so we didn't have much social media. Um, so I've been there. It's it stinks. Um, I mean, if they do indeed cut half the teams with a merger, um, that's. I mean, I feel bad for all, all the staff. Um, yeah, I feel bad for the players, obviously, because that's what the business we're into. But man, a lot of people, a lot of, like you look outside the players. Not everyone looks at the team photographer and the ticket sales guys and uh, the equipment manager. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Um, so when I, when we uh, heard about the merger, you know, we thought, you know, they were going to merge, not cut half half the team. Um, but I mean, I get it. If if it's going to be around for a long time, that's another that's another story. Um, if it's going to be around for longer, rather than both leagues folding, then then that that's good. But it just stinks that a lot of people are going to end up losing their jobs if those rumors are true. Um, we don't know if they're true yet, or unless. I don't know that I don't know that they're true yet. No uh, one knows. Anyone does, but no. Uh, yeah. So so that aspect kind of stinks. And as a as a fan who lives in Youngstown, Ohio, right now, I'm going to be definitely genuinely upset that I can't go to the games in Canton anymore. <laughs> Understood. Hopefully they'll keep something there. But like you said, no one knows. We got so many different things coming in and flying around. Yeah, I've heard everything around the sun. So. Yep. Me as well. And that's why I kind of quit discussing it and the speculation. Uh, you know, it's the reality that teams will be cut. There's no way around that. We just don't know who. That's just yeah. the reality, whether it's USFL or XFL. And 
talking with Ben Fisher. I spoke with him before this afternoon before I got on with you guys. And I mean, he's he's expecting more than 50 percent um, layoffs or, or firings or cuttings. He's expecting it's going to be high because you got to think 50 percent of the players if eight teams go. And then you got all the staff and such on top of that. Mm-hmm. So from from his discussion, he, he's thinking it's going to be a pretty, pretty big event in that note. Hopefully it's not, but all we can do is wait and see. Yeah, yeah let's hope that original rumors are true with, uh, you know, at least 10 or 12 teams and not eight. So, um, But here's the hoping. It's not, I don't own it, so there's nothing we can do about it. They listen. And that's all we can do is just talk. And so that's kind of what I've done. And they do listen to this show. I don't know who, I don't know when, but I've known <laughs> that we have had different topics, questions, concerns answered following day of a show drop. And that's for a fact. So that's the case. And let's keep Houston Roughnecks and get rid of the gamblers. <laughs> no comment, but you know, I'm down for the Roughnecks, no doubt. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, but in, in conclusion, uh, I just want to say about this topic. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be really bad for everyone losing their jobs, but they know the financials more than than the fans do and than us do. So if it's if if what they're doing is going to keep the league around for longer than it would have if they stayed apart, then you know ultimately we should all be for that. So agreed. agreed. Just gonna stink it first. Yep, no doubt, guys. Agreed. Does anybody else have any opinions on it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously whenever there's fewer football jobs, it's devastating. Um, it, it stinks. But, you know, um, I think looking at the history, you know, just the reality is, is that we go back to the 80s. We got three years of the old USFL and we had to wait after that was done. We had to wait 16 years for something. And we got one year of the XFL and then we had to wait a decade to get a little bit of the UFL. And, you know, it's just the reality. It's the nature of the overhead is so expensive. And, you know, I don't really know what's going on in the background. Nobody, you know, will find out someday. But, but I mean, you know, Colin and I went to the USFL championship uh, game in uh, 2022. That was that was incredible. We had such a blast. It was a great was experience. Awesome. But I believe personally, I believe in the hub model. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it. It seems silly to have a team called Chicago <laughs> or Memphis and they're playing. They're all playing in Birmingham. I know it, it is silly. <laughs> I know. I, I, and I understand why, but fi- from a financial aspect, that's the most feasible way to do it. It's the most feasible way to do it is to cut on travel costs um, and, and, and have a tournament of games somewhere. And um, I don't know. That's the model that I'm from a practicality standpoint in favor of, because I think that that model can last. And if we were to look at any positivity, if mm-hmm. it's going to be the USFL that continues, that's three years. Mm-hmm. That's the most we've gotten out of a league in 40 years. So if we get to a fourth year, I mean, we're going to have non-NFL football in the United States. We're going to have a legitimate league that's that's got a footing. So I, I hope, you know, we, we still got an opportunity for that to be out there. So I hope that, I hope that does happen. Aiden, what you got? Yeah, I mean, these guys kind of all hit on it. Um, you know, I, I share the same belief on the negative thoughts of it all. You know, losing jobs is obviously always terrible. Uh, but then, you know, like I think they all three mentioned, you know, if we can find a league, you know, a secondary league to be around for a long time, I mean, I think that would be huge. And I think that would create the ability maybe for to add more teams in the future. 
Um, and so I guess to be optimistic about it, um, you know, that's what I'm hoping happens. Um, in the present, of course, it's terrible. Um, you know, it, it you're going to cut half the league. Um, it's not good for anybody. You know, I mean, player competition is going to go up. Who's the guys that are going to get cut? Um, you know, and then you just have an overflow of supply of players that are going to need more jobs. So hopefully future looking, it ends up well. I hope as well, guys. And I share all the same testaments. I'm trying to just stay positive. I'm, I'm excited yeah. and happy that we finally got some official word, basically. That that's, that was uh, impactful to me because everybody was just sitting here spitballing scenarios for two months straight. Really got old real fast. <laughs> now I'll say, too, I mean, it, it it's going to be different. Did you guys go to the XFL championship last year? We did not, or I didn't. I don't know if the rest of them did, but wanted to. It was in San Antonio, right? I remember we yeah. talked about yeah. it, but wasn't able to make it happen. Dallas and I actually were down in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame that weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we did watch. Um, we had a little watch party going on in uh, one of our friends' uh, sports bar in his basement. So that's sweet. I mean, it. It's. Next next year, check it out if you can. If it's a thing, I guess, I guess if it's both, because <laughs> you don't have a choice. But uh, I had a great time, and it really put it all into into fruition to see it all at that championship moment. You know, the full year, the whole shebang. We did it, yay! So I, I kind of understand what you guys felt going to the USFL championship in 2022. Yeah, well, I guess uh, it, it all depends on where is it going to be. Is it going to be in St. Louis or is it? Or San Antonio, or uh, where was it? San San Luis. It was in San Antonio. It was in San Antonio. Okay. Um, is it going to be there? Is it going to be in Canton? Nobody knows. And I'll yeah. tell you, I'm, we'll I'm getting reports. My editor in chief, Mike, texted me. He said that Canton is selling tickets now. So yeah, we, I saw that. Okay, so you should. Be, hopefully, that's good news. Yeah. What'd you say, Nick? You said Canton is selling tickets for their home team, the Pittsburgh Maulers, and that hub. Hub system. Yep. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. But yeah, we're uh we're all planning on getting together as a since we all work in remote places, uh, getting together somewhere. So maybe maybe that uh, is is an option. Yeah. We'll see. Well, guys, you ever ever plan a meetup? Let me know. I might attend as well. Meet you guys, hang out. I'm gonna be going around this year and trying to do as much as I can that's feasible. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. If we're all at a game, we'll let you know. Sounds good. I appreciate you all coming on again. You, we spent about an hour and 13 minutes together. It, it's not easy getting everyone coordinated together and doing this, especially you guys came with Four Strong. So props again to you. I appreciate it again. I look forward to interviewing more of your athletes, seeing where they go, develop, and seeing where you guys go, seeing where you take this thing, because it seems like you have a good springboard and, and you're about to take off. Yeah. Well, we hope you're, we hope you're right too. So um, <laughs> positive, baby. Positive. Yeah. And thank you, Matthew. Really appreciate you having us on again. Uh, it's it's super cool that you're doing this. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Anytime guys. And you have any athletes that you want me to, to, to really get to know and interview, just send them my way. Like we've done with probably, I think I've interviewed seven of your athletes, maybe five. And it, every one of them has been great. So 
I hope it keeps continuing and, and get to know more guys and just, like I said, see where they end up, see what they take themselves and their careers. Yeah, and I know you talked about um, kind of this whole time about what we're doing and hope that we blow up and everything, but you're doing a really cool thing um, talking to these guys and getting their stories told because there's not a lot of people out there who are, you know, especially the guys in the IFL and in the the smaller school guys and even the big school guys who are not in the NFL, there's not a lot of people telling their stories. So uh, give you props for, for doing that too. So yeah. you keep up the good work as well. Thank you. Thank you. I will continue. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's got me, it's got me by the, the balls, I guess you can say at this point, <laughs> cause I love it too much. I'm enjoying it myself. Yeah. I hope something comes out of it, but if not, no worries. It's, it's always a good time. And we got some comments coming in and, Jay said, I commend you guys. Hope to see you guys in the CFL and new merge league. And I agree on that. I hope so. I'm looking forward to that merger so we can uh, gain some traction there. And then obviously the, we didn't really talk about it that much, but uh, we got the CFL um, kind of CFL draft class uh, that we're going to be working on too. So uh, there's a lot of things come, going on uh, in the next the NFL, the CFL, and then obviously all the guys who are already signed. Um, got a big spring football coming up too. Can't wait to see it. Keep us updated. Mike G said, you guys are in a great position if rumors of the 2025 expansion are true. I did not hear those rumors. I'm excited to hear them. <laughs> I'm not getting into that. I just was sharing the comment. <laughs> I know. That's a time for another day. Yes, sir. I appreciate it again, guys. And before you hop off, is there anything else you want to share? Thanks for I having us, Matt. I hope to meet you in person. Same for you all. I look forward to it. Yeah, um, of course that. But uh, since you said the social media platform too, if anyone wants to kind of follow our guys, um, go to the Gridiron Crew um, on all social media, and then all these guys are tagged in it. Um, Nick Dallas and, and Aiden to see their uh, personal work pages on there too. So you'll be able to follow, you know, all the signings. Um, right now, we're also doing draft prospect interviews that are not not everyone's our guy um even if they have other agents we're helping them promote them um since we've been doing that the last seven years we're kind of transitioning into the whole agency thing so we're doing that too if you guys want to follow guys who are not ours who are other people's uh clients or not signed yet um so uh, if you want to learn a lot about a lot of players there'll probably be probably 800 interviews up there this year um wow. guys who, who are out of eligibility trying to get drafted um, and then, of course, you can follow the guys that we have as well. So, um, you know, we're hopefully get this draft class going. Um, those guys will be up there and then we'll be posting highlights and all kinds of stuff. Our guys in the IFL down in Mexico, stuff like that. So definitely, uh, definitely follow us. And, um, you know, I hope you enjoy following the guys. I appreciate that. And I've had your 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 info going there at the bottom throughout the show different times. Nice. Just your, okay. your Twitter or X and then your website as well. Um, on the notes, whenever I get done with the episode and I upload it, I always make sure to include links. So people, if you're listening, if you want to follow them, just click the link. It'll be there. And I'll have it all set up where it's just click away, you know. Cool. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Appreciate you all. Have a good night. It's been wonderful. Look forward to the next time. All right. So do we. It's been right. fun. Much respect, fellas. Take it easy. Thanks. Thanks, man.
All right. Wrapping that up. Great interview. Great crew. Check them out. The Gridiron Crew. I've been I've been interviewing their guys for a while now, so it'll be good to check it out. And if you haven't already, I'm sure most of you that listen are familiar with them now at this point. Uh, look forward to their future and seeing what they do exactly with the opportunities they have and the men that they have to give those opportunities to. So looking forward to it. Appreciate them again for the attendance. So before I close, I have the interview with Ben Fisher. I'm going to play. It's going to be streamed live. I've done a few of these in the past. Now, I will say this disclaimer before going. I, we're not having a debate or discussion about what we're talking about. We're not. I'm not going to interact with the comments. I mean, this is going to be the stream, and then we're going to close it out afterwards. But I will note that we all are sitting on the same information. Uh, we've had the three press releases or, or statements released November 30th. And uh, those came from Danny, USFLPA, and then Russ Brandon. Uh, the Rock actually posted something yesterday about the merger as well, but it's basically the same stuff, just saying they're excited, look forward to the next year, and the start date is March 30th. So, I mean, taking all that into consideration and, and the only real fire for sure information that I got from these statements was we're merging and it starts on March 30th. Nothing else is for sure. We don't know teams. We don't know locations. We don't know hubs. We don't know no hubs. We don't know anything. We know what the insiders are hearing. But as we've went about this so far, we saw how far-fetched and, and how crazy some of these opinions have gotten. And I've got my, my network of sources that I trust. And, and that's different than what I'm speaking of right now. Because I've heard some crazy theories. And people are ready to fight you over this mess. All I got to say is grow up, guys. We're going to all be friends soon. There's no point in, in, in hating anymore. Whether you're USFL, XFL, whatever, we're all going to be friends real soon. Uh, but, yeah, ben, me and Ben sat down today just to talk some more, and we just talked about the, the, the documents that were released and just kind of he shared his opinions and such. So I'm about to play this, and then we'll close out after that. I'm just going to hop off the air. I want to say my thank yous to XFL board and the XFL. Appreciate you guys greatly. As always, it's always a pleasure. And I look forward to what happens in this future of spring football. And check out the show tomorrow. I'll have Mike Mitchell and Pat Rafino on. We're going to talk the merger. So this is where you want to go. Okay. So come check it out. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk some speculation. We're going to present, I'm going to present a video or two. I'm going to show you some stuff and, and, and we're going to talk about this and hash it out. I don't feel it's productive to be negative about this stuff. It, it, it's good to talk about it positively. And as long as we can all be friends, we're good. Stay cordial. <clears throat> uh, but like I said, tomorrow I'll have Pat and Mike on 7.30 p.m. Central. Check it out. It, I've had Pat and Mike on separately before. They'll be together. Should be a really good show. I'm really looking forward to it. Both are fantastic reporters. Both have some great insights and opinions. So really, really looking forward to this. You see, we've kind of pulled out. I haven't had too many shows just because I didn't feel like yelling about the same content repeatedly. So with this, just check back. We should have a couple more shows this month. I'm going to try to do some more interviews, get some more stuff out, and just, just keep busy. I just don't want to engage in false information and speculatory stuff every time I get on the air. Um, think about missing. Oh, oh, big developments are underway and I'm almost done. Like this close. Uh, 
So just be patient, please. It, I'm trying to shoot for the end of the week, but I've got some big expansion stuff that I look forward to presenting to everyone. And, and we've got plans for the future of this thing. And hopefully everything goes like, like it should. But I tell you, it's been a lot of work and a lot more work than I thought. So just keeping that in mind. But anyway, I appreciate you guys. Like, share, follow, comment. Please uh, just let me know if you have feedback, anything. I love it. This is what we do. This is what we're going to keep doing. Uh, as always, much respect to the agents that came on tonight. I appreciate you guys and the athletes that we talk to. It's always a good time, and I enjoy it, and hope for some more. But without further ado, here's the interview with Ben Fisher, and then we'll be closing it out after. Have a good night, guys. Welcome to Ben Fisher sports business journalist ben how are you doing today appreciate you taking the time to meet with me and talk i know it's real brief and in the middle of a day but man it's awesome to have a conversation with you and just talk some more about what we know and what we don't know sure sure happy to be here glad to do it um it's an interesting situation and i wish we knew more but we'll uh, we'll try to figure it all out yes sir yes sir my my show is really we tried to pull away from the speculation as much as possible you know we didn't really want to i guess uh i don't know hype the fans up i've got a lot of fans that really are wanting to know what's going on and my thing is stick to the facts and i know that's something that you do as well i can see that in your work and it it i value your opinion and your knowledge and i'm sure they will as well so thank you for coming on and, and spending the time again man sure so let's just go ahead and jump into it I mean, so November 30th, news dropped. We were talking XFL, USFL merge. Originally, I saw your tweet first, and that's kind of what sparked it off for me from there. Uh, and then we kind of just went from there and did some more research. We had some more statements come out. We had more things hit the ground. But with those things, we didn't have too many details. I was just wondering right. if you could share some more information on the statements and, and some of the details that lie in those statements. Yeah, um, right. I mean, really, they didn't do much on um, not not that much has really happened since they first since there was first reporting that they were exploring a merger. Um, getting through federal regulatory approval is important. It's a necessary step. It means that the government didn't believe there were any. Um, uh, legal or uh, monopoly concerns. I guess I was always a little not confused by that because they 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 meet the qualifications to have to go through the uh, antitrust review. But also, if anyone's got a monopoly on professional football, it's the National Football League, not no the doubt. XFL, USFL. So I was always I never really took the possibility very seriously that there would be some issue uh, that the feds might have identified. But you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they'd find some particular thing in order a change to the deal they were working on. Um, as we understand it, they passed without any modifications or requests for information. So it's all systems go. Um, to me, the big question about this merger has always been kind of who won. Um, you know, soccer fans will tell you that everybody, there's always a winner and a loser and a tie. It's something American sports fans are less familiar with that concept but somebody wins a tie and someone loses a tie and it's just as accurate to say there really is no such thing in business as a merger of equals um you know they might take some from each side but like when the nfl and afl merged in the late 60s they merged but 
the NFL remained fully intact. The AFL, only some of those teams came in to join the, the now what we know as the AFC. And the same thing's probably going to happen here, that more of one of these two leagues is going to survive than the other. And from a business journalist, sort of high finance, high strategy question, that to me has always been the big question. Is this effectively Fox Sports buying the XFL from Redbird Capital, or is it the reverse? Or is it truly some sort of nearly 50-50 um, blend of things? And that gets into what a lot of your uh, viewers and a lot of the fans on Twitter are asking about is that <clears throat> in terms of like which teams will survive. There are people out there that probably follow this closer than me that probably have decent information on that. I, I truly don't. Um, you have to assume not all 16, 16 teams are going to survive considering that cost management and keeping it cheap is the biggest challenge in a startup football league. So somewhere between, I don't know, I think it's reasonable to assume it'll be an eight-team league. So which team survives is a big unknown question. Um, we got some of those answers with my reporting that Russ Brandon from the XFL is going to be the head executive of the league. That's one person, but that's an important person. And that tells us on some level the XFL is, you know, a meaningful part of this new entity. It's not just Fox Sports effectively buying the XFL and merging with the USFL. Do you feel, I mean, does that pretty much indicate that, hey, we're, we're looking at the XFL kind of taking this and then running with it more than the USFL? Um, not by itself. Um, you know, in a vacuum, if you would have told me two companies are going to merge and the the CEO or president of one of them is going to be the president, I would say that they are the, the winner of the merger. But I think there's other information we have that paints a more nuanced picture. Um, in between the attempt to merger coming to bear and the a federal approval, we had seen that the executive vice president of football operations and the senior vice president of broadcast operations of the XFL left the league, which at the time strongly suggested to me they were unneeded, they were not needed in this newly merged entity. Um, and that that sort of thing might be under the purview of Fox. So I'll freely admit I'm speculating here. But it seems like what is maybe happening is that Russ Brandon remains, but, you know, maybe still other than the CEO, the preponderance of the new entity is really more of a Fox Sports Jam. And I can tell you why I think that, but, you know, I don't want to ramble. So I don't know if you have another question before that. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate your honesty and no worries. Your, your opinion yeah. is valued. Like I said, you're not just some fan out here talking. You you have an educated mind. You're very sports I mean, you're a, you're a sports person, true and through. So I, I don't doubt what you're saying. I mean, oh, and then the fact that we got the statements from first from Danny and then Russ Brandon and then the USFL PA threw something out there at the end. I mean, it, it's a clear indication as well. Like it, it looks like so. Honestly, I try not to to hit on that because it, you have your your USFL guys and their XFL guys. And they don't mix. And you tell one, well, Russ Brandon's going to run the league and the other one's going to hate or vice versa, you know? So it's just a back and forth. So fans at home, you hear this, don't panic. This doesn't mean an XFL takeover true and through, but it just means we're going to have a lot of XFL leadership. Yeah, I mean, that that does seem to be the case. Um, the reason that I have been assuming it's more of Fox Sports buying the XFL than the reverse is that, The three parties that own the XFL, Redbird Capital Partners, 
the rock and uh and, and danny garcia um you know from an institutional standpoint redbird capital partners their business model is putting money into companies that already have cash flow and appreciating in the upside the xfl was something that while very intriguing didn't fit into that business model is basically a money pit to start. I mean, everybody knows that as much as we would love another spring, another football league to be successful in the long term, it costs a ton of money. And yes, for the sir. XFL, you know, I don't know if I completely buy the number that was out there, $60 million in losses in season one, but obviously they spent more than they made this first year. And Redbird Capital Partners takes money from other rich people that, did so under the assumption that they're going to make that number bigger, not smaller. And I'm sorry for the background noise, my No, you're good, just, man. Um, <laughs> they chose this moment. I got dogs. Uh, I understand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, unless somebody were to come in to the XFL with a large investment in it, I never totally understood. Um, sorry. Um, now I'm getting lots of calls and you still got me. Okay. Yeah, you're Sorry. good. You're good. Um, you're good. I never totally understood how they would operate it for the long term, just because, you know, even in your best case scenario, a startup football league is going to cost you eight to nine figures before you turn a profit. So intuitively it makes more sense that over the long term, the operating costs of this league would be mostly borne by a much larger entity like Fox that could offset it. You know, one of the reasons the USFL was in better shape financially was that, their HR, their general counsel, a lot of their marketing was done by Fox Sports, which is a very vibrant, well, as vibrant as any TV-based business is these days. And they just had more room for it. So while Russ Brandon may be bringing the top-level executive leadership from the XFL, my baseline assumption has always been that, that most of the actual heft of the company in terms of the balance sheet would ultimately would be Fox's responsibility. Now I, I could be wrong about that to be clear, but that's just my thinking on things, thinking it through about the, the nature of the two companies that own these. Leagues. Understood. Understood. Appreciate that. I mean, in terms of impacts for both leagues, we know we're going to have some cuts somewhere, whether it be here or there, we're going to have team cuts, players, staff, admin staff, whatever. Uh, do you, I mean, is this going to be basically, as you see it, does this impact 50% of this this whole work staff that we're looking at on each team? I mean, are we going to look at that big of a cut? Um, well, in terms of player personnel, I think it's, you know, a safe, to assume, I, I think the, the, the reported idea that there's probably going to be eight teams in this new league, I have no reason to doubt that that seems reasonable. You're not going to keep all 16. The point of the merger is to save money. And to reduce risk um in terms of how you extrapolate to the non-player positions i would think that there probably is something greater than a 50 percent cut to total payroll in these two leagues because there'll be places where you know you don't you need fewer officials um, you need fewer kind of game operations people um you know, presumably you don't need mere images of people at like team marketing positions. But then again, Fox Sports wasn't doing that really because Fox Sports was doing it on a true shoestring shoe budget with USFL. And a lot of those positions that the XFL had people in payroll spots was kind of being handled by the Fox Sports back offices. So, um, you know, if you're looking at this from a very top level, purely financial perspective, you want to put on a viable league for as little money as you could possibly get away with. Um, 
some people maybe think Fox Sports overcorrected with the hub model when there's literally no one in the stands. Come on, bring them into the markets, bring them into the stadium. You got to have a little energy in there. And that's why the XFL was so exciting in D.C. and uh, and St. Louis and maybe a couple other markets from time to time because you got that real energy in it. But Fox Sports was always looking at it from a, how can we just continue to keep this league afloat and fill our airtime with as little money invested as possible? And, you know, again, I'm completely speculating, but if that is sort of the philosophy that is going to survive more of the merger, then, you know, it could be much more than a 50% decline in personnel payroll. Because honestly, that is the primary cost of the business. As unfortunate as to say that, um, the quickest way to save money in a business is to cut your headcount. And yeah. I think there's probably people thinking, how can we put this league on with as few people as we, we can? So again, that's speculation, but I think it's reasonable to assume if you cut the total players involved by half, you could probably cut the total, total non-player workers by at least that much. Understood. Yeah, I had, had some people asking me that, so I wanted to just throw that out there and see what you thought. Sure. Because a lot of people consider the players and the coaches, but they don't remember all the other folks that are working. And there's people I knew personally that have already been released for Houston that yeah. I had relationships with. So yeah. it is what yeah, it is. And, well, and that's the thing. Like, if I could be king for a day and freeze the NFL and other big businesses I cover and just dial in on this, I bet if we called – you know, five people we knew to work for all these teams we could probably put together a pretty good picture because I bet this isn't a surprise to a lot of the people on the inside. It's just I haven't had a time yeah. to do that. So, yeah, yeah, understood, understood. In terms of large impacts for either one of these leagues, is there anything else worth noting or discussing? Um, no, I mean, unfortunately, I think it's a fairly simple uh, bottom line is that there's probably going to be half as many jobs in professional football outside of the NFL as there was at this point last year. And that's too bad, but also neither one of these leagues was, I think in a great spot strategically. So something had to change and agreed, you know, I think there's, um, you know, uh, on paper, there's no reason that there couldn't be a viable spring football league over time, probably not too. And I think they came to that conclusion pretty quickly that they needed to work together one way or another um and it's it's too bad for people that want to make their living playing football because it was really a great thing we had for a split second there where there are three pro leagues in the nfl but you know these aren't charities these are businesses and there has to be a black number or at least a zero at the bottom line at the end of the day or it won't last for forever so i think that's where we are unfortunately i just you know we'll find out more about exactly what this new new image new league looks like um well, one thing to bring up, actually, we haven't talked about it yet, is uh, NBC backing out of the broadcast arrangements because of the conflicts with a different schedule. And, you know, that that didn't totally shock me. It was a nice headline from my colleague, John Arand, who covers the media side of things. But, you know, always hard to see how three different networks would share um, one league, you know, especially a league that was only maybe getting on a good day a million people a game, you know. Seems messy, Before, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, and then if we're looking at eight teams, we're not going to have that. I mean, we're going to have a lot of teams playing each other multiple times, if, if that's the case, depending on the schedule. But, yeah, I mean, it seems like you spread that out. It's really going to hurt the the whole viewing numbers there. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was the thing about having two leagues that even if neither one of them posted a big number, that was a million and a half or two million people watching football every weekend that weren't previously watching football. So good for the sport. But again, two leagues just didn't seem like there was enough money or eyeballs in the marketplace to sustain those in the short term. Understood. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the channels like FX, USA, stuff like that, if we could stay away from that, it'll definitely help those numbers a little bit. Well, that's the big challenge, right, is to get the broadcasters enthusiastic about it. Simply putting them on the broadcast networks is half the battle. And, um, you know, we'll see. Um, You know, I think that was sort of a moving target there on how enthusiastic the the broadcasts were about it. And that's, you know, that's another argument in favor of my theory that this is going to end up being more of a Fox Sports thing than an XFL thing is that they can simply – they don't need to negotiate with somebody for for uh, media access. They they just put it on wherever they think it's best. So, understood. I mean, coming in, I really didn't want to have a long session with you, so I only have one more question to ask. Sure. And and I, like I said, I appreciate you coming, spending the time. But what's what's your general opinion right now regarding these developments, the merger? I mean, how are you feeling as a as a professional of many many years? How, how does this look in your landscape? Um. You know, I think we get bogged down in details a little bit because they are super interesting. Every headline adds to everyone's understanding of things. But if you would have told me five years ago that two separate leagues were going to start up to be try to take this spring football space, I would have said that, well, either both of them are going to fail or they're going to merge fairly quickly just because it's really expensive. And a lot of smart people and a lot of dedicated people have tried this before, and it always falls down on it just costs too much money to get to break even. Uh, Vince McMahon talked about putting $500 million into that. Clearly, he didn't come close to that before. He's like, I'm out. And um, and XFL was looking for external ca- uh, external investment capital that would have given them more runway as an independent entity unless they, you know, didn't announce something um, or kept it very secret. That never came to be. And, you know, Fox Sports says that the USFL was profitable, but, you know, it was profitable when they were, like, really going bare bones, you know, trying not to spend money on anything. And so, you know, none of this surprises me, I guess, is my point, just because tackle 11-11 football is uniquely expensive to operate. As much as we love it, the major college conferences and the NFL – have this position where they put on a product where it's very different. You know, you call it a barrier to entry in business school and football has these extraordinary barriers to entry. So I follow it as a football fan. I kind of root for them, but it is completely expected to me that they ran into financial problems and figured that we need, we did, if there's any chance of this working, it's with one league, everybody pulling together at the same time. So you know, it's been interesting to watch, but none of this necessarily surprises me. I thought maybe they'd go one more year working independently, but I always thought they'd kind of end up in a in either one's going out of business or they're going to try to work together. Yeah, no doubt. Looking at the history, that's just that's what happens. They're going to have to evolve to survive. And even if you're not talking about just money, I mean, talking about the fan numbers, you're splitting that viewership down the middle. I mean, it's we should see a good increase this next year, even with a merge of cutting teams. There, there should still be a mass number of spring football fans watching these games. But like you said previous, I would love to see some people in the seats and, and actually attending, regardless if it's USFL or XFL. Right, right. Totally. I think that makes all the difference in the world. 
you know, those DC or St. Louis games, you turn it on, you hear that crowd noise and it feels like football. There were some great games the USFL had, but you know, it's a three point game. One team's got a first and 10 and the 35 and it's silent in the stadium. You're like, what we put up with this during the pandemic, but we are over this now, you know, so many feel that same testament exactly that that and the fake noise was was worse than anything i think (laughs) certain degrees right right i think we all understood when uh you literally were not legally allowed to have fans in the stadium but it just doesn't work outside of that context yep yeah i I missed the cardboard cutout days those were nice you know where we had all the cardboard cutouts everywhere let's keep that in the history and you know hopefully maybe one day it'll be long enough ago that we'll forget about it Well, Ben, I appreciate you coming on again today, man. I hope we talk again soon in the future. I'll be watching for all your work. Is there anywhere my fans or the people listening need to look for you specifically? Yeah, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn or something like that. But the best place is Twitter, at Ben Fisher, SBJ. Um, And, you know, probably don't use that as much as I used to. But still, if I got news, that's where it is. Cool, cool. We'll be watching for it, man. And I'll anything you put out, I'll get the word out. Thank you again for coming on today. Appreciate that. Happy for thanks for having me, Matthew. Glad to do it. Yes, sir. Keep up the good work, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, you too.